been an incredible season this season, and Mosimani says there's been a few turning points that have gone and put things in the Brazilians' favour. Important moment for us is uh, if you get four points against a big team like Chiefs, very important. You got six points against Orlando Paris, big six against Free State Stars, especially when you go away, you win, time. You go to Bloemfontein, you win. You go to Polokwane, you bring the results. Those those games are. Defining moments, eh? you know, scoring four goals against Vets, big sense of statement, you know, and uh, to go to cheaper away and win, it's not easy, my friend. For me, those are defining moments. Eh? Kick off 7.30 this evening. There are two other matters to look forward to as well. Bloemfontein Celtic uh, could be without their captain, Bevan Francois. He'll face a late fitness test on that knee injury of his. They take on Kaiser Chiefs and IX Cape Town host Jomo Cosmos. In the National First Division uh, this afternoon, Barocca FC moved three points clear of Highlands Park at the top of the log with three games remaining. They beat Tunda Royal Zulu by two goals to one. In other football news, Amazulu have appointed chicken in coach Joey Antipas as Steve Barker's replacement for next season. Staying with news on the continent, Scottish coach Alex McLeish has left Egyptian giant Zamalek that after just 65 days and 10 matches in charge. Champions League accents look forward to this evening. Manchester City travel to Spain to take on Real Madrid. The teams head into the clash deadlocked at nil all last night. Atletico Madrid advanced thanks to the away goal rule despite losing 2-1 on the night to Bayern Munich. Moving on to cricket, Proteas batsman Hashim Amla is to join the Kings XI Punjab for the rest of the Indian Premier League season. That after Sean Marsh became the latest Australian player to pull out injured. It hasn't been a good tournament for the Aussies. He's the fourth Australian to return home early. And it'll be uh, the 33-year-old's uh, debut in the big money, money spinner. IPL. In today's action, the Kings XI, funnily enough, are in action today. they playing the Kolkata Knight Riders. Uh, Kolkata Knight Riders batting first, 164 for 3 after their 20. Kings XI lost an early wicket, uh, 7 for 1 after 2.1 overs. The latest ICC ODI rankings have been released. Australia and New Zealand uh, still retain the top two spots. The Proteas have climbed into third. They've also moved into fourth in the T20 rankings, while New Zealand have uh, climbed above India and the West Indies to claim the top spot for the first time. On to tennis now. The seeds continue to fall at the Madrid Masters. Australia's Daria Gavrilova stunned fifth seed and defending champion Petra Kvitova 6-3-6-4 in the third round uh, to advance. And on the men's side of things, Nick Kyrgios upset uh, fourth seed Stan Wawrinka 7-6-7-6 to secure his place in the third round. Meanwhile, eighth seed Thomas Burdish is through. He uh, had a comfortable win over qualifier Dennis uh, Esterman 6-3-6-3 the scoreline there in rugby news. Co-captain Stephen Moore and prop Ben Alexander returned for the Brumbies in their starting 15 for the clash against the Bulls in Canberra this weekend. And finally, in some Formula One news, the financially troubled Sauber team is uh, set to miss the first in-season test session that's taking place in Spain later this year. does not bode well. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Chat, we'll chat some Super Rugby. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. This is SAFM Sports Wrap, and we chatted about it uh, briefly earlier on in the week, but it was a very bleak weekend for South African rugby, particularly in Super Rugby. 
uh, one victory all weekend. That was the Bulls. A uh, couple of the games close, but uh, I think probably the biggest surprise for me was the way the Lions lost at home to the Hurricanes. Massive, massive loss there for Johan Ackermann and, and his team, uh, particularly after the good run of form they have had against uh, the South African teams, the Sharks, the Stormers. We join now by uh, rugby journal Johan Ferreira. Johan, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap this evening. It was a, a disappointing weekend if you're a South African rugby fan. You summed it up beautifully, and I agree with you. It was a total surprise. I, I never saw that coming. Maybe a, a few people would have said, yeah, the Hurricanes quality side maybe tip in to win, but, but tip being the big word. Uh, not not absolutely outplay the Lions. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's a bit of a reality check, not for the Lions, but just for us as South African rugby fans, there's a big gap between New Zealand and South Africa, and I think it's uh, we've seen it more and more. And one has to give credit to the Hurricanes, the way they played. They've just got this wonderful recipe. They've got quality players. They're not making excuses for the Lions, but they were short in all departments. And they'll bounce back. I think they, they've got a good leader in Johan Ackermann. They've got some, some good individual stars as well in Jakob Creel, Warren Whiteley. I, I think... Yeah, this is a setback, but I, I still think they, they would regroup and they'll say, you know what, we're better than this, and we owe our supporters a big performance in our next match. But full credit to the Americans, and I'm afraid to say, I think the Sharks are looking at the video going, okay, so what's the recipe, guys? Because um, <laughs> this is going to be pretty tough to stop. Yeah, I mean, the Sharks also coming off a, a loss. It was a narrow defeat uh, to the Chiefs. I mean, they came close, but uh, not to be. The Bulls were, were pretty good, but let's be honest, uh, the Force aren't the best team on the planet, and they've also come off a, a pretty big uh, loss recently. So, yeah, disappointing in the end. The, the Storm is also a disappointing performance. Very, very close, but just not able to hang on for, for the win, to, uh, win a couple of points in it uh, against the Waratahs. Uh, not not good for, for South African rugby but let's look ahead to this weekend we're not even going to mention what the Kings did because they got absolutely thumped uh, by the, the Jaguars but uh, it's a time to almost draw a line in the sand and, and reset things this coming weekend, the Bulls are still on tour they take on the Brumbies, a much tougher outfit than uh, than uh, the Force this weekend Yeah definitely I just want to come back to what you've said about the Stormers, we must also remember the impact of a red card and mm. they've been victims on a couple of occasions Card at the wrong time. There's never a good time for a card, but if you could pick a card moment, you'll probably pick it in the first 10 minutes of a match and hopefully yellow and not red. But you saw what a red card could do to a team with the momentum and uh, a big chance. They, they let slip a big chance to win that in and I think that the red card played a massive factor in that match. But uh, to get back to this weekend, it's time to shape up. At that time of the competition, you can't really uh, afford to, to slip from this point on. And we've got some uh, pretty good games to look forward to. I think the Bulls, that would have been the one game that they would have circled and said, guys, if there's a game we're going to win on tour, it's luckily it's the first stop, which gives us the momentum to build on a, on a very impressive performance. You still have to go and do it. And the fact that they put 40 points past a pretty useless team, you still have to do it. I think they're going to be tested this weekend. I see that Stephen Moore is making his return to the Brumby setup. So Stephen Larkham will be bolstered by a couple of uh, key players that have come back into the mix. So they're not going to be pushovers, but I still believe that the Bulls could uh, take this one as well. Yeah, it should be a good game of rugby, and the Bulls are showing signs that they, they are putting a good team together. A lot of youngsters in that squad, and they, they're playing a really nice brand of rugby, not the traditional Bulls rugby that we've been used to uh, over many, many years. Uh, looking at uh, the Cheetahs, they, they're still on tour as well. They, they take on the Waratahs, and uh, I mean, the Waratahs will be, will be, after their win in Cape Town last week, will be full of confidence. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, again, there's no such thing as an easy game, but I think the Waratahs will now be even more dangerous, seeing as they will take a lot of confidence from their last uh, match. It wasn't a away match as well. So, uh, tough one for the Cheetahs. They'll have to be very sharp to have a chance against the Aussies. But, uh, yeah, watch out. I think the Waratahs will be pretty difficult to beat based on what we saw last week. Johan, you mentioned the strength of New Zealand rugby and uh, there's a, a great uh, Kiwi derby between uh, between the Chiefs and the Highlanders to look forward to as well. But uh, the one, obviously, with South African connections, uh, the Sharks up against the Canes. I mean, the Canes are a class-class outfit. You, you mentioned like the Sharks are probably sitting here this week going, how do we beat these guys? And it's going to be tough. If they do get the answers, they must let us know because that's going to be tough. One thing, just interesting, let's look at personnel, that personnel department. Patrick Lambie is back in the mix. Mm. That's going to be a a big boost for the Sharks. But at the same time, uh, goodbye, Curtis Rayner. He's been ruled out for nine months, so that's his season gone. So every time the Sharks get a player back, they lose another quality player. And the news is not that good on the injury front. Jock Portheater is expected to be out for another month or so. I haven't seen anything of him. A new acquisition coming back from the Waratahs. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one for Gary Gold now. He's, he's going to fly off pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, do you give April another chance uh, now that you've backed him, basically? What happens to Joe Peterson? Um, Patrick Lambie being back in the mix, he's spring, uh, Springbok, so it's going to be that one is going to be interesting to look out for. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Americans to me are a polished outfit, and of course, let's not forget the little rivalry between John Plumtree meets the Sharks in Durban. Yeah. So there's another, uh, but uh, another another story in this in the style that we're going to have to look out for. I, I think personally, the games will have too much for the Sharks. Let's also call a spade a spade. Mm. They're more polished outfit at this stage, and what we saw in Johannesburg was frightening. The fact that they can turn it on like that, away from home, against a team that played pretty good rugby, I think spells uh, some danger for the Sharks. If there's one lesson I've learned this week uh, around the English uh, Football League is that uh, fairy tales do come true and you can't write anybody <laughs> off. Leicester winning the league. Let's talk about the Kings up against the Blues. Uh, have the Kings got less chance than Leicester winning the league? No, uh, let's just ask Leicester <laughs> to come and play rugby because they do... They do make it happen, don't they? And, uh, Claudio Ranieri has done a fantastic job with that team. And who would have thought that Leicester would be crowned the Premier League Kings? Not, not in my time. I'll, I would never have thought that. But back to the Kings. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's tough times. They, they really promised a lot. Yeah, and they, especially first half performances. I will stick to what I've said. They, they really have turned it on in the first half. But they need to somehow find a recipe for 80 minute performance. They, uh, the Blues, if there's one New Zealand team, you would you would say, gosh, you know, we've got a chance of beating these guys, and it's on our turf. You'd probably circle the Blues, um, but but they're all so good. I, I just they're a class of their own, and I and I think the recipe is just that skill level is is at a different level. It's just that they they can do things on a rugby field that that many teams struggle to imagine. So I I can't see that the Kings can put it through against the Blues. But you never know. We could have at least an important result. <laughs> well, let's hope we get better results than we did last weekend. Johan Ferreira, thank you so much for joining us uh, here on SAFM Sports Trap this evening. Enjoy all the rugby this weekend. We look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity, and uh, yes, let's hope for better results. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader, and it's been a pretty exciting week of football. Bidvest Vits uh, leaving points on the table at the Mombella yesterday. 
giving Mamelodi Sundowns the chance to clinch the title tonight. Obviously, Leicester claiming the Barclays Premiership title uh, uh, earlier this week, thanks to that draw at Stamford Bridge between Chelsea and Spurs. But uh, there's big football on tonight. There's a great game last night in the UEFA Champions League. It's the second leg of the second semi-final taking place tonight. Manchester City up against Real Madrid. Before we get into that game, let's chat a little bit about last night's fixture. We're joined by Justin Turing. Justin, welcome on to SFM Sports Trap again. Thanks for your time. Good to be with you again, Brad. Yeah, and it was a it was an interesting game last night. Uh, uh, I didn't really know which way it was going to go. And uh, yeah, oh, congratulations to Let's Go Madrid. They are in the final, and uh, yet again, Bayern for the third consecutive season are being kicked out of the Champions League thanks to a Spanish team. So uh, a lot of people seem to think like, uh, who, who can actually stop Bayern? And then it seems to be the Spanish team are still able to stop the German giants. So. Yeah, that was quite disappointing for them, but uh, probably a, a well-deserved uh, victory for uh, Atletico Madrid over the aggregate. I mean, obviously last night they lost 2-1, mm. but uh, as I've mentioned before, away goals are so uh, crucial in these uh, Champions League games. It's something that you have to get, um, and, and it counted in their favour. Yeah, exactly, and, and it was it was probably slightly in Atletico's uh, advantage going into last night's clash, one-up, uh, and, and all they had to do was, was score that away goal if, if uh, Bayern did score, but it, it was a... A typical UEFA Champions League semi-final. I mean, lots at stake, obviously. And uh, when when Atletico got that equaliser early in the second half, uh, Bayern were really up against it. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, like I said, uh, away goals are just so crucial. You've got to be getting those away goals. And, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll chat about it just now in a little bit, but that could be something that's in City's favour tonight, is that Real Madrid don't have an away goal, and it just, just gives you that tiny, slight little bit of an advantage. And like I said, as soon as Atletico Madrid scored, you kind of thought, well, now there's a mountain for Bayern. You didn't kind of think that it was too big of a mountain to climb for a team as good as Bayern Munich, but on the night, it ended up proving to be uh, obviously too big of a mountain. And, and I think they'll now rue the, the chance that uh, Thomas Miller, when he missed that penalty in uh, the first half. Now that kind of came back to haunt them. But as I say, the Spanish teams seem to be the, the teams that they don't seem to enjoy, that seems to kick them out of the Champions League season after season. Like I said, it's been the third consecutive season that a Spanish team have kicked them out. So I'm sure next season the way that Arsenal fans and uh, all the English fans hope to stay away from the Real Madrids, the Bayerns and the Barca's, they're going to be hoping to stay away from uh, all of the Spanish teams because they seem to be the teams that uh, can just uh, work them out and figure them out and, and get past them. From, from a psychological perspective for Bayern, so close yet so far yet again, uh, it's going to be difficult for them to, to, to bounce back, or, or do you not think so? That, I mean, they're professionals. It, it's starting to become a bit of a trend. It's, uh, they're not making life easy for themselves every time they do get a Spanish draw. No, absolutely, and uh, I think it is going to be tough for them to bounce back now, but you, they've got big names in their team, and then you kind of think that a lot of these players, whether it be with Bayern or other sides, players like Robert Lewandowski and that, and Thomas Muller and that, have been with other teams, and they've been there before with Bayern Munich, like I said, it's third year in a row that they've been kicked out to Spanish teams, so you'd hope that they, they kind of have got the psychological edge to just put it behind them now and, and move on, and maybe if they don't, they should come and speak to Arsene Wenger and the Arsenal players, because they should certainly not tell you how to get over being kicked out of competitions, I can tell you that. <laughs> Let's talk about tonight's game. English club uh, in the other semi-final, you mentioned the importance of away goals. None in this, uh, no goals at all in, in tonight's clash going into, into this one. Uh, Manchester City, I think, would probably have a slight upper hand because of that. Uh, it's all level pegging, and if they happen to score, the pressure's really on Real Madrid. Absolutely. I mean, uh, like we said earlier on, away goals are so crucial. And the fact that Rail didn't get an away goal at the Etihad Stadium is in favour of Man City. Whether they are the favourites to go through still tonight is purely based on uh, the away goals. I don't know. I think uh, I think it's going to be a tough order for them tonight going to the Bernabeu. And, and 
I like to say, if they get that away goal, maybe if it, if they get the very first goal and they get that away goal and it's 1-0 up, maybe it would just be one of those special nights for an English team in the Champions League that doesn't come around too often. But I think that it's going to be a tall order for them uh, to try and uh, get through to the final of the Champions League. I think Real Madrid know what they have to do. And uh, I think they're, they're ready for, for Man City. And it's going to be a tall order for, for Man City to, to come there and do anything. I do think that they will get the an away goal, which will work in their favour. But even if they get the first goal and the, the, the away goal, you can never quite rule out Man, uh, Real Madrid to, to come back. And I mean, Real Madrid on their day, on, on their night, can put six, seven past the team. Mm. So... Even if they get that one goal, it might actually, in a way, it might spur them on to go, come on, we, we're going to lose this kind of thing. So, I don't know, maybe you want to save that, that away goal for right at the end so that it doesn't give them more of a, uh, uh, something to push for. If you get that early away goal, as much as the Man City fans will be happy to have that away goal, uh, maybe it'll just spur uh, Real Madrid to go on and now really, really push for it. I must be honest, I, even though I'm an Arsenal fan, I'd love to see City go through just to have another English team in the final and show that the English teams are still up there and can still fight for a massive trophy like the Champions League. But I, I just think it's such a big ask tonight. Uh, if they had maybe, maybe if they were 1-0 up from the Etihad game, I would say, yes, they've got a really, really good chance. But the fact that they haven't scored any goals at home, to go to the Bernabeu and score a decent amount of goals, which you're probably going to have to do tonight, not many teams go there and do that. And unfortunately, the form that uh, Man City are in at the moment, and that's in the Premier League, and that they just don't look convincing enough to, to go and destroy a team like Real Madrid. Last week was an interesting one because one of the big names for, for Real wasn't there, Cristiano Ronaldo. He is yep. fit again. Uh, you mentioned that they're the kind of team that can rifle four, five, six past you. He is the player who can single-handedly do it. Is he going to be the difference tonight? Absolutely. I, I mean, if you if you ever playing against uh, Real Madrid and they've got Cristiano Ronaldo in the team, you can never, never rule him out and say that he's not going to have an impact. He just always comes and has some sort of impact on the game. And I think Man City, to be honest with you, their one little glimpse of hope of going through kind of was shattered when they found out the news that Cristiano Ronaldo was going to be uh, playing in this uh, second leg. And uh, he's just going to be so massive. And even though they've got the likes of Aguero and that, you just can't compare anyone really, unless you're talking about Messi, you can't really compare anybody else to Cristiano Ronaldo, as good as Aguero is and as good as form as he's been in lately. I, I just, it's so hard to stop somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo and Man City's defense has been proven to be pretty weak this season and you don't want somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo running at you when your defense isn't the greatest this season and I, I think it's going to be a high scoring game tonight, I must be honest with you. And as I said to you, I, I think Man City will get their away goal but I don't think it's going to really help them out much at all. I think I think it could end. I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a 4-2 or something like that tonight to Real Madrid. Um, but uh, I genuinely actually hope that City can maybe just have one of those special nights, as I mentioned, uh, for an English team in the Champions League tonight. But yeah, if there's one guy that they need to stop, it's going to be him, Cristiano Ronaldo. Justin, how big a role will experience play in tonight's clash? And, and the reason I ask that is uh, this is uh, City's first European semi-final. Real Madrid are bidding for their 14th European final. So they're no strangers to being at this place in, in the competition. And that kind of takes a ton of pressure off, off City because no one's expecting them to win. So they've got nothing to lose tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that they kind of know that uh, they would like to, to end the season. I mean, everybody wants to end with a Champions League trophy and that, but like you say, pressure is probably not really on them. They're not really expected to beat Real Madrid tonight. So a lot of pressure on Real Madrid. But having said that, Real Madrid, you said they've been here way more times than what this is the third time that Man City are ever playing in the Champions League. And, um, yeah, they just, 
they're one of those teams that like they they haven't got anything to lose. So they're going to go out there. They're going to play with their hearts and eyes and that. Um, but I think the pressure is more on Real Madrid. But sometimes these bigger teams actually enjoy the pressure and they play better under pressure when they've got a little bit of pressure on their side as opposed to a, a walkover kind of thing and there's not really any pressure. The game's over and done with. So, yeah, I think that that is going to be a, a big part tonight. But as I said, I, I, I can't see City uh, going through and, and, and really doing something incredible at the Bernabeu tonight. Lots of great football to look forward to this evening. Justin Turin, thank you so much for that. We look forward to catching up again soon and enjoy the game. Cheers, thanks, Brad. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, kickoff in that is quarter to nine this evening. On to cricket now. The second edition of the 2016 Africa T20 Cup will begin in September following a draw at Newlands Cricket Ground earlier today. The event will once again feature 13 provincial sides as well as the international guests Kenya, Zimbabwe and Namibia. The tournament's been described as a showcase in cricket development and the South African sides may only include four players from the professional franchises while they are also, or while they also have to include six players of colour and at least two players under the age of 21. The four groups will also be hosted in new venues this time around. Pool A will be played in Peter Maritzburg, Pool B in Otuan, Pool C in East London and Pool D will be played in Paul Cricket South Africa's GM of Cricketing Services Corey Van Sale says this tournament was created to help develop players and give them exposure but also to revive the provincial identity he says also having the matches televised helps the players get more exposure and helps them adapt to playing under pressure I think last year when we, uh, when we started off with the uh, inaugural um, Africa Cup um, you know, it was it was the, the start. The idea was about when we uh, when we try to revise the semi-professional uh, uh, cricket competition. We brought the matches um, in the competition down from uh, 13 matches per season to, to 10 matches per season. Uh, we did that because we said we wanted to create a a competition um, for the uh, provincial uh, provincial teams for the affiliates that would give them. An opportunity to obviously develop the, develop the players that that stands at, uh, obviously at the at the forefront of of this competition is about development of players, about exposure, about opportunities, but it was also about provincial identity. Just uh, you know, um, making sure that we just could uh, revive the provincial identity, um, also to give content to the smaller stadiums. Um, that was another intention. The other one was about. Uh, possible revenue generation opportunities, um, and uh, and then as I said play, uh, before, uh, player exposure. Um, I think it was the fact that it was therefore so important that we, we, we that we did get this competition on television, and 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 we are so uh, thankful for SuperSport for for giving us those number of days um, in the Africa T20 Cup on television live. Which, um, as you can imagine, um, does mean a lot to the players um, in terms of being on live TV. It gives that added pressure. Fonsal says after last year's tournament, uh, they met with the coaches and captains of all the teams, got feedback, both the positives and the negatives on the event. He says they then went uh, with that feedback, which was overwhelmingly positive. And uh, because of it, felt it was a great success. That's why they're going back and doing number two. But at the end of the competition... Um, there was an overwhelming uh, feeling of um, success in terms of the competition. The feedback we got, we, uh, we, we got together all the coaches and the captains um, 
to just get some feedback on the on the Africa T20 Cup that we that we did host uh, did present, and uh, it was an overall thumbs up from the captains and the coaches in terms of that competition. They felt it was a great opportunity to play um, um, on live television. Um, it was a great opportunity to rub shoulders with some of the franchise experienced um, seasoned franchise players and even some of the international players that took, in that, uh, took part in, that, uh, in the competition. Fontel says there are a few things that they have learned from last year and they're hoping to improve this year. They've decided they're not playing with a pink ball. A white ball will be used instead. And Fontel says another thing they're looking to do is make sure that the higher player, higher profile franchise players are also involved this time. Some of the improvements that we felt we needed to do, um, getting the feedback from the players, was that we didn't want to have the pink ball again. We wanted to have the white ball going forward. Uh, we wanted to make sure that when the franchise players do play, um, that we do make sure that some of the experienced franchise players do play, um, as it is so, so important for the development of the players, and that is at the end of the day the, the main objective of this competition, that they do rub shoulders with the experienced um, uh, franchise players and those franchise international uh, um, players. So, um, I think overall a huge success in terms of a competition and we just believe that uh, the second year of the competition we can build on what we started last year and uh, we are looking forward um, to the start of, of this year. I also believe that the CEOs um, will also have had an opportunity now to see the opportunities in terms of revenue generation um, that exists um, purely because the product is on TV um, maybe something that we didn't um, take hold of last year. Um, so there's an, another, another way that we can improve the competition. But definitely I think from the players and, 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 and management coaches' point of view, um, a competition that they are looking forward to. Fonsale says that development structures within cricket have not changed drastically since his playing days, but what they have tried to do is plug the gaps that exist. He says they are trying to help develop players faster and make sure that fewer potential stars are lost in the system. But if you look at all the other building blocks uh, within the pipeline, I don't think that's a lot different. To, um, to, to the past. The school structure is still very strong. Um, it, is, it is how do we how do we add to those things? We've realized there are bottlenecks that happens after school. What, you know, what are the initiatives that we bring in there in order to address that? We've done that. Um, um, these type of competitions, um, as I say, is an add-on to what, um, to what is already happening. Um, and it, and it just assists in, 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 in the, if I could call it, the, 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 um, or speed up the development of some of the younger players while they're in that, um, what we call, you know, bottleneck, semi-professional, making their way into professional cricket. So, you know, if you, if you look at it, the structures are similar. I think we've just plugged a lot of the holes with, with really good programs to ensure that we speed up the development of players. Gershwin Rabi, the captain of Southwestern District, so who will be hosting Pool B, says they're excited that they're going to be playing their matches in Otsuan. He says everyone's keen on improving their performance from last year. Uh, definitely, uh, since we've heard that we'll be hosting 
one leg of the tournament for one round. Uh, the excitement has really been gone up a level in, in and around Oatsone area. The players are really keen and looking forward to it and especially looking to uh, do better on, on the performances that we had last year. Southwestern Districts will be joined by defending champions Northerns, Northern Cape, Kenya in Pool B. And Robbie says it'll be great to have international players competing against them and he expects a tough competitive battle in their group. Yeah, definitely, it would be nice to have some international opposition there. In our pool, we've also got the defending champions, uh, Northerns. Uh, they normally bring quite a few international players or franchise players with them as well. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice to have them down in Oxford. And the cricket will definitely be competitive and tough as well at the same time. Robbie says opposition may find it difficult in Otsuin and as the home side they need to take advantage of that. He says a couple of good players are coming from the area now and while before they may have had to leave for greener pastures, they now have a lot more opportunities for local players. Uh, you definitely right there, especially during summertime. Uh, Otsuin can get really, really warm during, su- during the summer and uh, <laughs> we're just going to have to use that to our advantage being the home side. A couple of good players coming from there, yes. Uh, in the past, uh, all the good players that came from there had to move and go play in other provinces really because there was little to no opportunities really to establish yourself in cricket or have a career in cricket coming from that part of the world. But with the uh, union now being a full affiliate of Cricket South Africa, uh, people are really Getting a, getting a chance to prove themselves and show their worth and the union as well getting a chance to show their stuff and, and what they made of so yeah opportunities flying around there at the moment and guys just have to grab hold of them and make the best of it in Pool A, Kuzulu Natal Inland will be joined by Namibia and Western Province, while in Pool C, Border will take on Eastern, Free State and Zimbabwe. Pool D will see Burland host Kuzulu Natal, Eastern Province and Gauteng. Burland coach Johan Lowe says that when he was playing, opportunities like this tournament never existed, and it's a great development tool. He says people were surprised by the high standard cricket played in the tournament last year and expect it to be even higher this year. Yes, I think, you know, looking back, obviously when we were playing, that opportunity never existed, and I think Cricket South Africa saw the vision to to close the gap from affiliate status or semi-pro status to franchise status and I can tell you now that the guys that played for me were pleasantly surprised from the franchise and even national level into the standard of the Africa T20 Cup so what that does is it just raised the standard of everybody playing in the tournament so I felt from that perspective it was a massive win and a great initiative and I, and I fully believe that this year will be even better and it's a great learning curve for young players to play with the likes of Vernon I mean yeah, I was very sheltered in my days when I started, where if you had that opportunity early on, it can fast track your learning so much more. So, yeah, I think it's a fantastic tournament. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. And that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Coming up uh, next is the talk shop from myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Tetti. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to catching up tomorrow. Have yourself a great evening at 7 o'clock in time for your news.